Hi, I'm Rachel Roerig. And I'm Heidi Schamberg. And this is the Market Meets Podcast. We are here to introduce you to the people behind the marketplace. The owners, entrepreneurs, investors, and community leaders who are driving the real estate economy and transforming our community. Their stories are unique. Their stories are inspiring. Their stories will make you see your community in a brand new light. These are the people behind the market. We are sure that you have heard about tiny homes, whether you've noticed them around town, seen them on TV, or even done some research of your own. I think we can agree that what might have started as a potential fad is here to stay. Today, we are talking to Ryan McHugh, co-founder and creator of Tiny Home Connection. Ryan has been building and creating since he was in diapers, literally, and now he's focused on an entirely different lifestyle and an entirely different type of construction. Ryan, we really thank you for hanging with us and we're really, really, really happy to share you with our listeners because your story is not only cool and inspiring, but I think it's very unique and different and there's definitely some unique challenges that you're facing. So first, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and how you ended up in Colorado? Well, all right. I ended up in Colorado because this is where I was born. Oh, yeah. Uh, okay. I forgot about that. Welcome. <laughs> Welcome to Colorado. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for being born here. Yeah. One of the, the few Colorado natives left these days. Yeah. We didn't know there um, was any. I'm one. We totally weren't right. sure. That stuff exists still. I was born and raised out in Golden, Colorado. My dad was a contractor. I have a picture of me up here swinging a hammer in diapers. I've been building that long. He kind of got me into the building side of it. I got also interested in the uh, development side, living out in Golden and seeing the amount of growth that was going on. Uh, One of the jobs that I had just before getting into the tiny house world was a new production home inspector where I was inspecting all these new homes that are, you know, going up so fast out in the, the outskirts of town, seeing the lack of quality, lack of workmanship and how fast they were trying to churn these things out really started to make me think about, you know, was this a good thing, all this growth and stuff? Is it good for our economy? Is it good for the state that I was born in? Kind of where is this leading the entire country? If this is happening here, it's obviously happening in other areas, anywhere that that anyone's able to come in and, you know, just land grab, develop as much of it as possible for the, you know, max ROI that they can without any consideration for what's going on around your development. Uh, you got companies that are, you know, nationwide companies that couldn't care less about what happens to the Denver metro area as long as they're meeting their return on investment for this region. That kind of kind of got to me. I understood the negative connotation behind a developer growing up out in Golden where there was a lot of open space and seeing what was going in. But I also liked the building side. I liked building things that were that were really unique, that were really useful, and that that people really liked to look at. But at the same time, risking developing over like our mountains and our wonderful landscapes was really difficult to find that happy medium. And that's what kind of got me into, first of all, getting burnt out in the the corporate world, seeing all the these houses being popped up. I go into houses and, you know, the superintendent's never even been in it. And I'm going through almost a, a final inspection because they're churning these things out so fast. Yeah. I just got burnt out. What got me interested in tiny houses in the first place was I was actually looking at getting out of the country. 
I was going to move to Panama, buy a piece of property on the beach, buy a couple shipping containers, turning them into like a surf bed and breakfast. And I would live on the beach and rent these things out to people that wanted to surf. What are um, you doing? So you fun. should do that. Uh, it's still in the process. <laughs> We're still thinking of trying to do that. It's yeah. like phase 11 of our business plan right now. But that's what introduced me into in the tiny houses. I was looking for, you know, layouts and, and how to build a, a shipping container into like a bungalow or something and introduced me into tiny houses. Starting looking at the tiny houses at the same time, I had my four bedroom house that I was living in. And there were several times that I would be sitting in the front room that was empty because I didn't, I didn't have any furniture in it. You know, I didn't I didn't need it. And I was sitting there on a Friday night, Saturday morning, and just looking around because I didn't have money to go hang out with friends. I didn't have money to put into the gas tank. I didn't have you know, money to do anything other than sit in this house and wait until Monday came so that I could actually get to work. So what are you, what are you doing, Ryan? Talk to us about Tiny Home Connection, the dream that you've created there. And even you can actually start by, I mean, I know that before I even met you, you created a tiny home for wasn't it hgtv didn't you do uh, didn't you uh, help i was with a, that? i was a consultant i was brought on as a i was doing tiny home consulting and so i was brought on to essentially the the couple that they had found to be on the show were buying from a builder that did not want to be on the show and so they're like okay well let's find somebody else they found me and i was acting more as like your tiny house broker Okay, uh, okay. I was, I was, you know, pitched as like a friend of the family and they, they contacted me <laughs> to help them walk them through these, these tiny houses. Okay. Um, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. Um, it totally gave a false reality of what was going on in the tiny house world. It makes people think that you just call up your tiny house real estate agent and say, oh, I'm looking through find and me a tiny house on and move on from there. Right. Um, you neighbor. With, hey neighbor, can you find me a tiny house? Find me a tiny house. Exactly. Right. But what they don't tell you is that everybody on that show has already bought the house. They've right. they've designed it for themselves. They just find two other houses to pretend stage, to. Okay, right? I kind of have always wondered that with any of those HGTV TV cuz I'm like they have to know that they're buying it. Like you don't just like get a permit and, you know what I mean, day yeah. 2 or right. whatever, but the secret's out, folks. Or it's like yeah. a really long timeline. Right. Yeah, or like they record it for like six months, 30 days. reality. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, wait. So how did you decide? How did you transition from keeping up with the Joneses to building Minimum. tiny homes? Yeah. So the concept of you need to buy stuff to fill up this house so that it can look like the magazines really quickly became apparent that that was the issue big part of tiny houses is minimizing or minimalist lifestyle. You can take minimalism to an extreme. Tiny house living is is one of those extremes. Going from 2,500 square feet to 250 square feet is an extreme lifestyle change. Right. But the concept behind it is what really interested me. Going through my house, I sold my house. I went through all of my stuff. So getting rid of stuff was very therapeutic, just in mm-hmm. getting down to I now – own enough stuff that I could I could move my entire belongings in my truck. That was very, very therapeutic and very educational going through that. Realizing the connection that we that we have with stuff is impractical. You know, oh well there's sentimental value behind it. that minimizing lifestyle really became my focus is that lifestyle. 
mm-hmm. uh, getting away from the consumerism lifestyle where capitalism is at the core of it, where it is based on constant growth. Constant growth, number one, is not sustainable because we have a finite number of resources on this earth. That's not sustainable. And sustainability being a big part of what the tiny house world, the simple mm-hmm. lifestyle is, right. is all about, is being able to sustain yourself, your family, your your lifestyle with what resources you have available. That really is what kind of got to the core of who I was, what I was trying to do, and really became my passion. Tiny houses in general were that platform to jump into. The, there's TV shows about it. There's people all over the internet, social media that are talking about, oh, I built my own tiny house. Tiny houses are amazing. I love tiny houses. But I don't think people were really picking up on why the right. tiny house movement was becoming what it is. And I think that's because of the lifestyle, because people are realizing I don't have to spend all my money on stuff. Right. I can spend my money on experiences right. and and be happy. Yeah, this wasn't um, like another thing to have. Like you don't yeah, just exactly. get to have a tiny house. Okay, so right. you changed your entire lifestyle. Did you live in a tiny home? I don't yet. I have downsized. I actually manage my parents' property. They moved out to D.C., so I have a room in a five-bedroom house, and I rent out the rest of the rooms. I manage that. That helps keep costs low while I run the business. But I have a schoolie that I am converting right now. It is a double-decker school bus that I'm converting into my own home. Really? Where are you going to put it? It's going to live on site until I can buy acre property or acreage property in the mountains that I can park it on uh, while I build my own little cabin. Nice. That sounds fun. What was your reason for starting Tiny Home Connection? And just tell us a little bit about your, your business. Yeah. So I started out working with another builder, started just kind of learning what, what were the ins and outs, what was different about construction for tiny homes versus regular, regular stick build. And just kind of learning the ins and outs, what were people looking for and stuff like that. I broke off from them and started doing my own private consulting. A lot of do-it-yourselfers out there that are looking for for help on certain projects. I started doing that and started realizing that there's a large portion of the industry that is at some form or another do-it-yourselfers. Whether it's they, they buy a shell and they finish it out versus starting completely from scratch and, and kind of navigating their way through that. I wanted to kind of help empower people and letting them accomplish their their dreams of, of building their own home. And with the information age these days, you can go on to YouTube University and learn just about anything you want. But when it came down to finding a solution for your specific problem it was really difficult. And so that's where my consulting would come in is I could give you a solution specific to your situation. And then really, in addition to that, I wanted to build my own houses. I wanted to stretch the bounds of what people thought was possible. A lot of builders are building, you know, what they've been used to in a regular stick build. They, you know, there's these right. cottagey, cutesy looking houses. I wanted to change the the look of them, change what was going into them, change the style, change the utility of it, and kind of push the boundaries. You know, thinking outside the tiny box, as it were. Yeah. And so, started writing up a business plan for Tiny Home Connection, and it really incorporated that. DIY support aspect, as well as it, it incorporated my desire to build my own my own designs. We started that up about three years ago, and the one thing that we learned really really quickly was the number one issue in tiny homes is where do you put it? Yeah, we were just going to ask um, if, if that was your biggest challenge. 
that is absolutely the biggest challenge for us, the biggest challenge for anyone getting into tiny homes. Where do you put it? Mm -hmm. That starts the conversation as far as regulation, as far as building standards, as far as zoning standards. There are so many conversations that go into that, that it's not a, you know, I'll get emails. Hey, do you know somewhere where we can park our tiny house? <laughs> yes and no. Right. There is no solid answer to that at this point. And that's been a real difficult aspect for me in running a business. I'm not the type of person to be able to say, buy a tiny house from us. It's your problem where you put it. You know, once it's off our lot, not my problem. Anybody that ever talked to me about buying a tiny house, I was I was always the one to say, hey, if you don't have somewhere to put it, let's let's work on that as well, you know. And it became real apparent my desires to to bring in the development side started to kick off a lot faster than I thought that I was going to. And so we started just shopping around, bringing in resources to actually start developing a tiny home community, which is proving very difficult because of those regulations and all the red tape going through zoning and building departments, stuff like that. So Tiny Home Connection, when we first started, it was Tiny Homes. We have since branched out. We've gotten our general contractor's license. We now do accessory dwelling units, which are essentially tiny homes on a foundation. We're getting into the park models, which is a larger form of a tiny house, still either on a trailer or a removable trailer known as a skid. You can drag it up onto a trailer, drop it off onto a site, and attach it to a, a foundation which is a, a process that's established. There's a, a system for it. And so it's a little bit easier to manage that way versus going and fighting the system across the board with a tiny house on wheels. And then we branched out in a couple other different avenues uh, as far as like unique kind of projects, stuff like that. So Well, in your company, I don't know if it's your mission or your logo or your, I don't know where I've, come across it but it's got a community piece right are you building a community of tiny homes or the community touch on how yeah, that so our slogan right now is driven by community okay that's right that is a, a large portion of what tiny home connection is that that goes into the name itself we want to be your tiny home connection what are you looking for somewhere to park it we can help you what are you looking for? Someone to help you build? We can help you with that. You're looking for someone to build it for you? We can help you with that. Are you looking for materials for your build? We can help you with that. Are you looking for financing? Are you looking for insurance? Are you looking for whatever it is? We want to be the ones that you can stop with the last line of, Fence. you know, where you need to, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> where your one stop shop for tiny houses is what we're trying to be. We are actively shopping for property to do a tiny home community cool. the difference with what we're trying to do and what everybody else is trying to do when we talk to communities or municipalities about you know we go up to them and we say jeffco hey we want to put a tiny home community in your jurisdiction their initial reaction is always we don't want any more trailer parks right. um, and so getting that <laughs> negative connotation away from the tiny home community that we are not putting in trailer parks. We are trying to do something different. Right. That's our main focus. There are a lot of other people out there that are trying to buy up a piece of property, whether it's an RV zone lot, a mobile home zone lot, say they got five acres, they're going at it from a developer standpoint. How many houses can That's we put in here sweet. to maximize our investment? Right. That means they're going to pack these houses in like sardines. People are going to be paying rent. 
and you're going to reinvent the trailer park model. Mm -hmm. These are people that have no invested interest in the community itself. They're paying rent for their one specific spot. They bought their house, so that's all they really care about. They don't really care about going into the community, being part of that community. It's, I pay rent for my little square, and that's all I care about. What we're trying to do is change that mentality so that it's not a developer going into this creating this community it's the community coming in and developing itself if a developer comes in and says how many houses can we fit on here they work the numbers and it comes down to you know they're looking for an eight to twenty percent return on investment and if they get only five percent they're going to be like oh not feasible let's move on mm -hmm. but if you talk to a group of 30 people that want to live in a tiny home community that own tiny houses that have a chunk of change that they can throw in and buy a, tr a piece of property, maybe they can't fit 50 tiny houses on it, but they can fit 20. Right. And maybe they pay a little bit more per per lot, per square foot, whatever it is, but they all own that community. Right. They all now have a vested interest in seeing that community thrive. If they're only making three to 5%, that's a bonus. That's yeah. not, number one, that's not rent that they're throwing away. Exactly. And number two, everybody is vested in that community thriving everyone the metaphor i always like to, to tell people the the anecdote is if you're if you have nature trails walking around this community and you're walking around and it's a trailer park and you just pay rent you see a piece of trash on the trail you're going to walk right by mm -hmm. but if you actually own your property you own a piece of this community everyone else owns a piece of this community you're walking by that same piece of trash you're going to pick it up you're going to take it to a trash can you're going to see that make sure that that community is, is clean and beautiful and thriving. That mentality alone is going to get us away from that trailer park mentality. Right. That's going to give us these beautiful communities that counties and cities are going to be more open to inviting into their community. They're going to be mo more open to working with us on zoning to make these things possible. Yeah. It sounds like you have an amazing vision, vision for right. the future. One thing I just want to mention to our listeners is that Tiny Home Connection has space for consumer, the, the people to actually come and build on site. So with like a lot, you get a certain amount of hours with Amazing Ryan as like a consultant to help you. But you're the one the like you personally are the one swinging the hammers and putting in the insulation and renting a space essentially because you can't be building a tiny home you know, in, in the, garage. in the city of Denver. Right. <laughs> right. Right. That, and that, that came out of my, my consulting portion is I met so many people that were like, I have the money. I have the time I'm ready to do it. I just can't build it in my apartment complex. <laughs> yeah. Right. You know, Can you I, can't, I don't have, they won't allow me to do it in my parents' backyard or my friend's front yard or in my front street, right. you know, whatever it was just having somewhere to build was a big factor for people. And so that's what we were looking for when we were looking for a piece of property was that we had some space available to rent out to people so they could drag their trailer on site and actually build on site and actually get that started. Because again, for us, it's really moving this movement forward, moving the idea of simplifying your life so that you can enjoy it. Well, and then awesome. all those people together, the connection and the community, sure. you know, inspiration, and I mean, I'm sure you're there banging away on your double decker. I mean, you want to talk about inspiration? <laughs> yeah, that thing is a uh, it's a beast, and it's it's getting a lot of people interested in seeing it. What's going to be your favorite feature that you're excited about putting into the double decker bus? That's maybe something that you do in your tiny homes too. 
that people don't know about? Yeah, so one of the big factors on on what we like to do with our our tiny houses is I'm always saying this over and over again, just because it's a tiny house doesn't mean it should feel like it. Tiny houses with tiny windows just is a pet peeve of mine. It needs to feel open. We do big open windows. We have one in our in our warehouse right now that has a big 12-foot garage door. Wow. This thing opens up and it almost doubles your square footage of usable space. It's it's really cool. There are a lot of a uh, lot of people out there, a lot of builders that say, you know, it's it's not good for uh, energy efficiency, for all these other different reasons, for air sealing. Yes, it's not the most energy efficient. The most energy efficient is a closed up sealed solid wall. Right. Uh, but nobody wants to live in a dark black box. Exactly. It's about so enjoying it. You've got to have these openings. But when you think about the energy efficiency of a garage door, most of our mindsets are you put a garage door in a 5,000 square foot house, you have 5,000 square feet of energy yeah. that you're losing through that door. Right. But you do this in a tiny house, you have 200 square feet right. worth of energy that's potentially escaping through this door. You could heat these things with like a candle. I bet. So <laughs> yeah. when you talk about the amount so of energy nice. that you're losing. It's, it's almost nothing compared to if you did the same thing in a standard home. Sure, you're right. losing all of that extra energy. Right. And so it, it really doesn't affect the house that much. In addition to the fact that the, the garage door that we used is all windows. This house is basically, you know, net zero. You face this thing south and you'll never have to use that heater ever. Ever. That's sweet. Oh, I can't yeah. wait to see that one. Wait, so are you yeah. going to put a garage door in your double I am looking into it, but I don't know that that's going to happen. It might be more of a um, potentially a like a, a hanger style door yeah. where it folds up once mm-hmm. or potentially more of like a drawbridge type setup yeah. one of the things that i'm looking into right now is with the dump truck it it comes with a lot of hydraulics and stuff that if i can get them to work properly i have a uh, like a back patio on the back of the bus yeah and i think i'm gonna cut it off right and have it be like kind of an elevator lift style like you yeah. know on the back of a uh, like a box truck it's yeah. got the lift, lift. It drops yeah. down you can roll up your washer and dryer and pick it up right it would be something similar to that but instead of it you know just going up to the truck it would actually lift up and become like a rooftop deck oh what? my god that's you awesome lift it up to the the level of the, the main door yeah and so you could walk in and out through the back door and then you could lift it up even more and be like up on your roof yeah same time it'll drop all the way down to street level so that i can roll my motorcycle up onto it strap it in lift it up and off we go that's, that's awesome so cool yeah, very cool where do you find your inspiration i find most of my inspiration from people one of my favorite parts about tiny homes is each one of them is different each one of them is designed around the people that are going to live in it it's around their lifestyle so that's that's what's difficult about the industry is it's much easier for me to build a house, design it, and build it over and over and over again, and then hopefully you can make your lifestyle fit into it. Right. I, I prefer to talk to you, sit down. Are you guys outdoorsy? Do you ride a lot of bikes? Let's have some bike storage. Do you work from home? Do you need a home office? Let's incorporate a desk or a home office. You know, Do you have pets that are a really big part of your life? Let's make sure that we incorporate something in there for them. Because in tiny homes, the biggest thing is it's not about square feet. It's square inches in these things. Yeah, You have to utilize every square inch of space in these. And when you're talking about incorporating different lifestyles, 
each one has got to be catered differently. And so that's what I really like about these. And then going into, you know, what's their, their style like if they, if they like kind of industrial rustic type looks, then we go out and we look for industrial rustic type finishes and stuff like that. If they're into the chic modern stuff, we can get into that. But that's what I really like is we can build a box, but then the design of it is it really comes down to who our clientele is. That's, That's awesome. awesome. Yeah. I mean, I can imagine. I I was just thinking like, oh my God, I would want a tiny home, but you can't think of your dog last because the dog bed would take up like the whole place. <laughs> like the whole living room. <laughs> yeah. That's crazy. But it's cool because you have to like mastermind it and jigsaw puzzle it all right. together. And that's one of the one of the things that we want to tell people is there are a lot of people out there that are like, oh, you know, I love tiny houses, but I don't think I could ever move into one. You know, I've got 200 pairs of shoes or I've got a lot of clothes or I've got, you know, five people in my family. Right. You don't have to go to 200 square feet. Right. Even if you go to a thousand square feet and you achieve that lifestyle, that idea that I don't need more things to make myself happy. Right. I have my my bedroom, my bathroom, my kitchen and my hangout room. And they're all furnished. I'm, I have my my bare essentials. If I get an extra bonus from work, I'm going on vacation. Right. I'm going to hang out at happy hour with my friends. I'm going to buy experiences. I'm not going to go buy more stuff. Totally. That's really what we want people to brace when we're when we're building them whatever type of home it is. We go from block from from like sleep pods that are maybe 40, 50 square feet all the way up to we're designing park models and tiny homes that are, you know, pushing a thousand square feet, whatever it is, if, as long as it achieves that lifestyle, that's really what we're all about. Very cool. I love it. Well, can you tell our listeners where to find you and more about tiny house connection? Yes. If you want to get in touch with us, you can find us at www.tinyhomeconnection.com. You can find us at Tiny Home Connection on Facebook, on Instagram. We do have a Twitter account. I am not a big tweeter. I don't think people need to know every single thing that I'm doing every day at every minute. You can definitely reach out to us on our website. There's a contact us form. Give us a little bit of information. We'll call you back as soon as we can uh, to get that conversation started. And then I know you post personally about the projects and stuff that you're working on. And hopefully our listeners can eventually see the double decker. So what's your personal uh, Instagram? Yes. So my personal Facebook and personal Instagram account is tiny Ryan. I don't have a website anymore. I figure that the tiny home connection one will cover that, but you can find me at tiny Ryan on Facebook, tiny Ryan on Instagram as well. Awesome. This was great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for joining no us. Problem. Thank you, ladies. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thanks for letting us share Ryan and Tiny Home Connection with you. Check out Ryan's bio and contact information on our website and in the comments. And please keep us posted if you're inspired and decide to transform your life into the tiny home mindset.